0: Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today we're going to bring you the first Public Domain episode of Boston Blackie. Although this episode comes from Boston Blackie's second season. The entire first season of Boston Blackie had its copyright renewed, but no copyrights were renewed on season two. The series is made by Ziv Television, the syndication company started by Frederick Ziv. Ziv also syndicated the radio version of Boston Blackie, so this has a similar feel, but a different cast. Even if Richard Colmer had been minded to star in a Boston Blackie TV show, and given his busy schedule, it's doubtful that he would be able to play TV's Blackie since that would take a far greater commitment than the radio show, the series was produced on the West Coast, which necessitated a different cast led by B-movie actor Kent Taylor. We'll talk more about the TV series after today's episode. This is Season 2 Episode 8, original air date, December the 5th of 1952. And the title is, The Queen of Thieves.
1: Danger, excitement, adventure, Boston Blackie. Enemy of those who make him an enemy. Friend of those who have no friends. Yes, sir. That's Boston Blackie, and he's quite a guy. In just a moment, we'll see him in one of his exciting adventures. First, a word from our sponsor...
2: fall out
1: of your pocket, I... Fingers mighty. Archie, the dip. That wasn't what you might call professional courtesy, Archie. Fingers, I hope I get an infected hangnail if I know it was you. Well, okay. What's with you, Arch? Old no Doc challenging on the outside. And Cheesecake trailing the meal in last position. Hello. I got a little graph going, pal. And it's better worth the collecting taxes. I'm placing bets for the needles Mercer. From this, you can make a living. But regular, this needle, she don't bet no nag unless it's at least an eighty to one shot. So, so, why waste good money on them kind of plugs? You mean you've been keeping needles as though and not making no bets at all? But ain't that kind of unhealthy? <laughs> them goats, she never win. The winner I want is a number, number two a- I, as I was saying, my I thought
2: that's Neil's horse. I'm dead.
1: Here are the results of the third race at Tropical Park, won by Mammy's Boy, Dixie Bell, second, and Pete. Be- hey. Two chips. What are you talking about? I put in two chips. I saw you just put oh, in one now, chip. now, don't start giving me that stuff. Looking... Now, boy. It... You're a broken-down old ham and a lousy, no-good shark. Who you call a broken-down old ham? You peasant, you. Shut I... up,
2: tooth, Or I'll throw you out of the dump. Archie, dear boy, how are you? Okay, Meagles, uh... About a better make for you and cheesecake. is not that wonderful 200 to 1? 6,000 smackers back for my 30 bucks. What a payoff. Yeah, great picking, only I... Uh, yeah, you can say uh, that again, Archie. This makes up for all my losers and then some. Well, where's the
1: dough? I... I...
2: I got it. <laughs> Archie, oh, my boy. Some day your sense of humor will be the death of you. I mean, I mean, I ain't got it yet. See, I placed a bet with a bookie instead of going to the track. He guaranteed me cards, So. All right. So, where's my six gi will get it for you tomorrow. Sure. Just give me twenty-four hours, Needles. I guarantee I'll have it for you. All boy. right. Twenty-four hours. Now blow.
1: For my dough, he's lying. I don't think the little rat even made the bet. Yeah. And
2: that little rat can blow our whole setup wide open.
1: You mean the Carson Art Gallery job?
2: All he has to do is to drop a word to the parole board and they'll throw me right back in the can for associating with you and the rest of these mugs. Hmm. That gets Archie nicely off the hook. Take care of Archie for me, will you, Not it?
1: You're the boss, needles. I'll see that our friend Archie gets special attention right away. <laughs> Okay, Sport, you're next. You want a haircut? I don't need no haircut. I gotta... What's the matter? You no got no money? That's okay. I put you on the cuff, huh?
2: No haircut. I gotta speak to Buston Blackie.
1: Well, Boston Blackie's asleep now. You wait. But I can't wait. Wake him up. Look, Sport, if you wake up Blackie now, I'm gonna give you one haircut way down to your hips. Do you understand? I can't. It's life or death. I gotta tell him something. That's all the racket. Get you Hello, see, Archie... On your mind. I see you. I told you, don't wake him up. Now, go on, get it. Look, needles. Drop dead.
2: What do you think I order? I told you what you order. I got a pot roast cooking on the stove. Make sure it doesn't burn, and I'll bring you back a comic book. Not in the patient's room. Oh, oh, poor boy. Poor dear Archie. Are, are you a relative? Oh, he's oh, done such a terrible thing. Who would want to harm my poor dear Archie? There, oh. there now. Thank you. A glass of water, please. Yes. Yes, yes of course.
1: The needles. Where did you get out and what are you doing here?
2: Archie, dear boy, I read about Archie in the paper and I just had to come. The dear little fellow is my very best and dearest friend.
1: You don't say. Oh,
2: yes. When I was... When I was away... There never was a week went by that Archie didn't send me a package. Cookies and candies and yarns for my knitting and... Cigars
1: and chewing tobacco and a crocheted holder for your blackjack?
2: That is not a nice Uh, thing to say. uh, He's coming too. uh, uh, Get the doctor.
1: Archie, can you hear me? Who did it? Who did what?
2: Who shot you? Somebody shoot me.
1: Archie, remember the barbershop? You came in to tell me something important. Something very important.
2: Who are you? Remember me, Archie?
1: Oh, 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 my head. Keep oh, oh. side, please. Uh. of the bullets grazed his skull. There seems to be some pressure on the brain. This man appears to be suffering from a genuine case of amnesia, complete loss of memory.
2: Oh! Dear
1: pity! Don't let us detain you.
2: Yes, I really must be going. Oh, poor dear, poor
1: I don't get this Florence Nightingale routine. Look, Phone Faraday. Tell him to put through a quick call to the warden at the Hatchby.
2: What for? Well,
1: I want to know if she was really getting these weekly packages from Archie. Can I have a word with you, Doc? What's to be done, Doc? It's hard to say until we get a chance to study the x-rays. We may have to operate. Any chance of Archie snapping out of it? It's possible. A sudden shock or some strong reminder from his past... However, he's still quite weak, and...
2: Your hunch was right. Faraday called the warden. Needles hasn't received any packages from anybody any time.
1: She's mixed up in the shooting, all right. Now, if we can just get Faraday to put a tail on her.
2: That's what I told him.
1: Oh, good girl. Say, Doc, may I suggest that you have the police put another guard on this room? Someone who isn't susceptible to kind, white-haired old ladies... Faraday. Are you hungry, huh? <laughs> well, sit up. Well, sit up. I'll speak for <laughs> me. Ha, ha, ha. Good boy. Good boy. Yes? Faraday? Yeah? Garson's art gallery? Good.
2: Garson's art gallery? Foxy Grandma's kind of off a beat. Wonder what she's up to?
1: I don't know but this. I got to see.
2: Hey, wait for Baby.
1: Blackie's really underway now, which means plenty of action and excitement when we return in just a moment for part two of our Boston Blackie adventure. to see you, Mrs. Mercy. You know, I worried when you didn't arrive at your usual time yesterday.
2: Well, goodness gracious, aren't you sweet? I was off visiting a poor friend in the hospital, Mr. Strumfield. Oh, I might have known
1: that. Isn't that just like you?
2: Well, I always say, if one can't bring a wee bit of sunshine into the heart of some poor unfortunate, well... Ah,
1: How true, how very true. Uh, Tell me, are you beginning to feel a little more at home with this bold fellow?
2: I've tried, Mr. Strongfield, but
1: will you forgive me? I understand. Your heart is still with the old masters. Come, we'll enter the sanctum sanctorum together. Oh. One can't take too many precautions when one is the custodian of a half a million dollars' worth of art treasures.
2: Goodness, yes. I do admire your foresight, Mr. Stamfield.
1: A small canvas, and yet, would you believe it, we recently refused an offer of close to $100,000. 100
2: Geez. I Did you say $100,000? Gee, merciful heavens. I...
1: Excuse me. Why, Mrs. Mercer. Let me help
2: you over
1: it. <laughs> I'll sit right down.
2: <laughs>
1: There's the proprietor. I'll have him horsewhipped for this. Dear me. I repeat, sir, that this graceless daub here is just a cheap and a pallid imitation of one of my earlier masterpieces, sir. And this scoundrel who concocted this has had the boundless effrontery to forge my name to this uh, uh, this garbage. But, sir, uh, uh, give me no but, sir. In the words of the immortal bard, who filters my purse steals trash, but he who filters my good name takes that which begets him nothing, sir. I shall communicate with you again, sir, and through my attorney. Uh, <clears throat> good day. Uh, just, just a moment. I've
2: caused you so much trouble. Oh. Oh, I, I...
1: Mrs. Mercy, it could have happened to anyone. How are you feeling? Oh,
2: I'm much better now, thank you. But I think I'd better go home and lie down. So,
1: uh, I'll drive you home.
2: Oh, no, that is not necessary. I'll brew myself a cup of nice hot saucy-frost tea. I always say that there's nothing so good as hot saucy-frost tea. There she is. What now, mastermind? Should we try to find out what she was doing in the gallery?
1: Whatever it is, it's already done. Police will cover that angle and keep this place staked out until Needles makes her next move. I'm more interested in what happens next.
2: Beverly, 6347. Nuthead, bring the truck out right away to that place. A friend wants to take a driving lesson. Good. Make it snappy.
1: take Whitey for a walk? You know, if we got ahead of this mad
2: chase, we could always sit down and wait.
1: Very funny. Ha ha.
2: Can identify the two mugs in the truck. Why don't you let Faraday pick them up?
1: No dice.
2: Why not? Never mind me, but what about poor Whitey? They might have killed him.
1: Look, Mary. We're assuming that this accident was somehow arranged by Needles. Well, now, if Needles wanted me gunned, she could have arranged that, too. But that would have made her number one on Faraday's visiting list. Right?
2: Yeah, but I, I don't... Now, wait.
1: If she went to all the trouble to have me put in the hospital out of her way... Why not let her think her plan worked? Easy, boy. Easy. Oh, Dawson. Good. You got it. Yeah. Hey, Blackie, do me a favor, will you? Sure. If a hophead with a couple of guns and a carving knife is ever after, you send for me. Or if that other wife you got staked out in Peoria finds out about the other three in Frisco, Minneapolis, or St. Paul... I'm your man. I'll straighten it out and for free. But don't ever, ever send me out for anything like that again. Go get it yourself. (laughs) Gee. Is,
2: Is that for you?
1: Why, certainly. I'm taking up knitting.
2: What? another electric eye here someplace. There. There it is. See? Right there. Mark it down, Knothead.
1: Okay, Needles. All
2: right. That does it.
1: Uh, This joint must be tougher than Fort Knox. Look, stupid Needles has it all mapped out for us right here. I don't know. There's an awful lot of them electric eyes for us to fall over, Needles. All right.
2: I got a little surprise for you. There's a master relay box in the old goat's office that controls the whole works. Say,
1: if we could gimmick that it's box. It's
2: already gimmick it. I took care of it when the Duke went into his act.
1: My compliments, madame. You can say that again.
2: All right. You've got your assignments and you know just what to do. Bring back them paintings. If they try to stop you, knock them down. Rip them up. But bring back them paintings. Now, get going. All right.
1: Don't shoot! Don't shoot! He's going up on the roof. Hey, Dawson, this way! There he is! Never mind. There are too many ways down. We'll never get him now. Hello, Needles.
2: What do you What do you want?
1: Just to talk to you.
2: How did you find this dump?
1: Radar. Look, I brought my knitting. Huh? I need some pointers. That is, if you can spare a little time. You see, I had an accident some time ago, and it left me kind of jumpy. The doctor said this was good for my nerves.
2: What do you think you're doing there?
1: Uh, Show me. That's why I came over. All right.
2: I'll get you started, and then you've got to scram. Now look. You knit one, purl two. See? You knit one, purl two.
1: No, well, we got some stuff, Field, but we let's have a show of hands. Up, way up.
2: Holy going around picking on old ladies. Why, my dear, you Thanks, must. Thanks, be...
1: madam. You sure pick a wallop in that umbrella.
0: Welcome back. A fun episode, and it really does set a fun tone for the series. Not only with the story, but also with the choice of music. It's very light and airy. The opening is perhaps the most memorable thing about the series. It plays on the radio opening, but adds to it. With the, he's quite a guy. One of the odd features of this series is having an in-program announcer on screen. I should say odd by modern day standards. There were other shows that had spokesmen and ad people as part of the program, though it was much more common on comedies. The Martin Kane Private Detective starring William Gargan featured many scenes in a tobacconist shop where the uh, tobacconist helped to advertise uh, the various products on the program. One thing that's really a bit odd about the opening is the way Blackie plays with his gun. It's a bit awkward, though maybe it's trying to communicate that lighter feel. The end credits also have some oddness to them. As Blackie is walking about, Really, really uncertain. Nervous and with much trepidation. I think they're trying to convey that Blackie feels some sense of danger. But to me, he looks more afraid of his own shadow than anything else. One thing that's really interesting about the TV show is what a small role Faraday actually plays in the uh, stories. He was such a major character in both the movies and the radio show, but here he is really relegated to kind of a second or third fiddle status. Of course, this episode is one of those where the villain, i.e. Needles, played by Mary Young, ...really steals the show. Mary Young turns in a great performance... ...and the script allows her to go over the top. This idea of the old lady criminal... ...is explored somewhat frequently... ...throughout the golden age of radio just because it was something that was not really expected. And it continues on into the early days of television. Though it's hard to recall anyone else who has such an extensive gang, particularly since no one is technically related to her, even though she treats some members of her gang as children. Children that she would probably abandon at the first sign of trouble, but nevertheless, children. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this look at Boston Blackie. You can expect many more episodes on this series in 2018. Well, that's all for now.